Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. I'm Billy Embody, coming to you on this Thursday, as SMU uh, really kind of has a quiet week all around, uh, both on the football and the basketball front. But we've got some things to talk about. We've been rolling out updates on SMU's official visits from this past weekend. New crystal balls have been dropped on PonyStampede.com on a lot of of those official visitors, so we'll touch on that a little bit and some of the reasoning behind that, and then um, you know we will touch on kind of what's latest on SMU basketball just a little bit there. I mean, what what is next for them after they missed on Admon Gilder? So we'll get into that um, as we move forward here. Um, Want to thank you guys for listening to the Pony Stampede podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and uh, leave us a rating, a review, and hit that subscribe button. Uh, Just a quick note, we're back on Spotify, so if you're a Spotify listener, we got that kink uh, worked out that kind of plagued us there for the last month and a half on Spotify uh, figured out, and so now you can listen there again. So without further ado, let's jump right in uh, to SMU football recruiting. We've we've rolled out updates on almost every official visitor uh, we're working on uh, the last couple guys uh, still need to talk to Robert Wooten, the Stafford defensive end. Uh, we've kind of been playing a little Twitter tag. Uh, Kyrie Miller looking for a full update on him. Um, but look, dropped a few crystal ball picks for SMU to land some of their official visitors from last weekend. And I kind of wanted to touch on on one in particular. And then you can read the rest of the tidbits on uh, these official visitors that uh, got crystal ball picks as well as one that didn't visit, but I felt good enough putting a pick in at this point in time. So, um, look, the one I want to touch on is New Orleans defensive end, uh, Kari Coleman. He's a 6'2", 220-pound edge rusher. They really like him as a, as a guy that can obviously come off the edge with some speed, some quickness, and get after the passer. And And he's been a guy that they've prioritized ever since they really landed on him. And, and SMU's been had him right at the top of their board since offering him uh, when he really was still kind of under the radar. This week he picked up the Boston College offer, so there's uh, his second Power 5 offer along with Kansas. And so, look, I mean, he told me after his visit that SMU's his clear-cut favorite. Uh, they're a heavy favorite right now, and uh, he's set to go up to Kansas, and Southern Miss is what he told me. Check those places out. But, look, I mean, I think – SMU has a strong foothold here that he's got family in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that he's visited a couple times. He's mixed mixed in SMU official visits around that. Uh, that family, his aunt and uncle, were on the trip with him uh, as well um, as his folks uh, to Dallas. So, look, that's a good sign um, if you're SMU that getting that family vibe across to that family was, was big. And, look, I think they bought in, and that's – a big reason why I put in the crystal ball pick. Um, he's somebody that can really get after the quarterback. I mean, I saw him at the opening um, in New Orleans uh, just this spring, and we were all very, very impressed with him. Um, but overall, I mean, he's going to have to put on some weight. You know, that's certainly um, part of it. And then, um, look, I mean, uh, he's somebody that, you know, just has that natural athleticism that you like to see. And so, anyway, I feel feel really good. Um, about that one and uh, look if you want more on some of the other crystal ball picks you can subscribe to ponystampede.com you can pick up that seven day free trial that we like to pub on here and, and kind of get the lowdown because I really do think that this class is about to take off uh, I think they're getting close on some of these guys to getting that first commitment on board and um, 
you know, look, I mean, it is May. I'm sure people want commitments, but I mean, SMUs, this is kind of how they're going to operate. Um, they're going to be patient. They're going to, you know, get guys on board when they're ready and then impress them when they feel like they need to be pressed. And, uh, they felt good about these guys that were on campus, um, that they didn't have to really push them too hard. And, and yet, you know, when checking around on, on their side of things, they still feel really good about landing, um, a good number of these official visitors. I mean, that was, it was a, a visit weekend that really they knocked out of the park. And if you followed it on Pony Stampede, I mean, you got that feeling as well. So a lot of crystal ball picks just dropped on Pony Stampede, but that one with Kari Coleman is one that I really wanted to touch on because I do feel good about it. I think it's important, important position this year uh, for them to continue to add depth to. And um, he's a great kid. So um, if he jumps on board, I mean, that would be big for, for SMU. Um, Going off of that, Sir Gosselot, <laughs> wondering if, if if you don't have any commits in football uh, in May, you will your team will be shut down. That's it's something that I mean I'm sure a lot of fans are just ready for them to, you know, get, um, you know, certainly with uh, and get on board with uh, a commitment. But it's it's true you don't have to, uh, um, you know, have commitments in May. I mean we saw SMU wait all the way until the last day in May, pretty much uh, to. Uh, to, to have that first commitment when Jaqu- Jaquan Jackson committed to SMU. And uh, so, look, I mean, as long as they get guys that they feel like, you know, can make a difference and, and you know, play, that's that's the key. And I think all the guys they had on, on campus for official visits this weekend, they really feel like can play and compete and contribute. And so uh, when those guys decide to get on board, uh, if, you know, they do, that would be big for them because they had a lot of talent on campus this weekend especially. Now, the coaching staff uh, is kind of taking a little bit of a, a hiatus on the recruiting trail with uh, star testing in the state. So, I mean, it's just never a good time uh, to get, you know, with um, watch spring practice and do all that stuff. You know, just a, a lot of schools kind of take that time off. But I will say SMU is down in Louisiana doing some recruiting. They went and saw Kari Coleman on Monday, both Randall Joyner and Kevin Curtis, while Curtis ended up uh, hitting the trail a little bit more. Getting over to Lafayette, he extended an offer to Sage Ryan, who's a top 50 overall prospect in the state, somebody I really, really like. Um, Already has offers from LSU, Michigan, Virginia, Tennessee, um, and Colorado. But look, I mean, uh, just kind of want to highlight the work he's doing in the state of Louisiana. Um, That offer is a great offer, the sixth offer for Sage Ryan. I think he's going to end up at LSU. I mean, he's the son of uh, Kevin – or not the son, he's the – He's cousins with Kevin Falk, um, or Kevin Fox's uncle, something like that. So one of LSU's greatest of all time uh, related to him. So it'll be tough to pull him away from LSU. But um, in that area, uh, Curtis landed at uh, Catholic, uh, New Iberia Catholic, and, and one of the top programs in the state of Louisiana. And uh, he checked in on Trey Amos, and that's a name that I really want people to pay attention to. Uh, he's a six foot, hundred seventy three pound quarterback for Catholic, uh, but he can definitely play um, really anywhere. I think. I mean, he ran, ran really well at the state track meet this past weekend. Um, so he's somebody to keep an eye on. He's he's got Louisiana Tech, Lafayette, uh, Monroe uh, schools like that on his radar, but um, he's got a chance to blow up with that type of track speed. So keep an eye on him as somebody SMU could pursue in the future. Another one to watch. Uh, is another player that that Curtis stopped by on Monday to see, and that was Terrebonne athlete uh, Ja'Kai Douglas. He plays quarterback over there for Terrebonne, um, but he's 
a shifty slot wide receiver type guy that can, um, you know, certainly bring, um, you know, uh, some serious speed quickness to the table. And um, look, I mean, he's somebody that I think right now, uh, as schools get a chance to look at him in the spring, I think they they need to see more of him at wide receiver. But SMU's a school that can really push and take a chance on him in terms of bringing him in as a slot guy. And so we'll have an update on Pony Stampede from Jakai. I went and saw him at practice, actually, on Thursday. So, um, Or, excuse me, on uh, Tuesday. So Curtis and I actually just kind of missed each other. Uh, he was there in the morning, and, and uh, 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 the coach over there uh, at Terrebonne just said, oh, wow, you're, you're here to cover Mason, but you cover uh, – um, SMU as well. I mean, that's, uh, that's funny. Their coach was right over here this morning. So anyway, uh, missed Coach Curtis, but got a chance to look at Ja'Kai. Really fluid athlete, shifty. Um, he's got offers from everywhere, but I do think he can kind of settle into a more uh, power, like mid-power five type school, um, potentially if he wants to take a chance, go to an SMU. I know he's going to visit Miami, but really, I mean, some of these schools have backed off a little bit, just con- some size concerns, but he's built really well, I think, for, for to be a group of five like absolute playmaker so um somebody to watch as well out of the out of the Homa uh area just south of New Orleans and, and Baton Rouge so real south Louisiana down there and that's that's uh it, that it takes me an hour uh to get to New Orleans from Baton Rouge it took me an hour and 45 minutes to get to Homa so it's way down in south Louisiana if you're familiar with that um drove through a good bit of swamp to get there anyway um now uh SMU as far as uh, the recruiting class, I'm going to try to put together kind of a mock class here in the coming weeks. So look out for that um, as uh, the the spring evaluation period and some of these official visit weekends kind of roll along. I'm going to try to aim for that probably next week sometime. So if you, ha- you haven't gotten on Pony Stampede, I'm going to take my shot at predicting the 2020 recruiting class from way out. Um, so I'll give it a shot and see how it kind of stacks up when uh, it's all said and done in February. But um, with that, look, I want to take a quick break. We're going to come back on the other side, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some some lists that uh, rolled out this week uh, from CBS Sports and Athlon Sports, and then uh, I'm going to update you on uh, some of the graduate transfers and uh, some JUCO players and things like that on the football side, and then who, if anyone, is the basketball staff pursuing. We'll uh, be right back with all that right after this. Welcome back to the Pony Stampede Podcast. I'm Billy Embody. Thanks for listening to the Pony Stampede Podcast. You can subscribe to the pod uh, anywhere you'd like. iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. You can listen on PonyStampede.com, wherever your heart desires. Check us out. Um, look, I, I, I mentioned uh, some of the graduate transfers. I without giving away names because I just can't like, I mean, I, that's one of the things that uh, when talking with people on SMU side, that's the one thing basically I can't really do uh, too often is uh, give away grad transfers because look, I mean, schools will circle and they will try to get these guys uh, if they kind of hear about certain schools or what have you, or they it's, I mean, it's kind of funny how many schools will reach out um, just across the country kind of saying, all right, who are you hearing? And it, you know, we're looking for a lineman or we're looking for a linebacker. And it's kind of funny. Um, just the contacts you build across the, the coaching industry in this in this business, how they reach out. I mean, it, it you know even with the portal now. So uh, anyway, uh, can't really share too many names, but look, I I mean, I feel good that SMU is getting a defensive lineman, uh, a wide receiver, uh, a corner, 
uh, tight end, which actually we kind of touched on the tight end on Pony Stampede. Um, I think they're going to get an offensive lineman. Um, there's a chance they get a linebacker. So, I mean, there's there's plenty to come, but in terms of – and then, of course, Shane Bouchel obviously already in the boat. But um, in terms of timeline, I, I think you're going to start to see a lot of these guys kind of drop this stuff soon um, in the in the next week or two because most of these guys I'm hearing are going to be on campus in June. So that will be big for SMU. Get these guys in. Uh, if they need waivers, start working on waivers. Um, or if they're just a regular grad transfer, they really need to get into the mix in terms of the program and all of that. So – um, that'll come in the coming weeks. Um, Laquan Treadwell's little brother, uh, Jawan Treadwell, I checked in with him last night. He's a junior college cornerback. He's got an SMU and Old Dominion offer. He told me that his recruitment has just come to a screeching halt. So I don't know if there's something going on there, um, if he's going to have to play things out till this December again. But um, as of right now, uh, Jawan Treadwell not really on the board for SMU. And, and who knows, maybe they, they'll have another option coming in uh, at corner in addition to the one that I'm hearing. So um, we'll continue to monitor that um, as we get closer. Now, I uh, want to kind of shift some focus to lists. Uh, it's list season. It's the most boring time of the year, really. Uh, but two lists dropped uh, drop in the last week. And, and one of them one of them was CBS Sports ranking uh, the American Athletic coaches. And uh, I kind of thought it was just interesting because, look, I mean, last year Sonny Dykes entered the, entered the conference uh, ranked uh, tied for fourth heading into the season. This year he landed at number nine, and I don't really know. I don't really get it, um, and I'll be honest. I'm not trying to be a homer, but but look, I mean, you have a new a new coach in Rod Carey coming in at number seven, and he did some nice things at Northern Illinois. Um, you've got Willie Fritz ahead of Sonny Dykes at number eight, which I don't really get that one at all because, I mean, Sonny and SMU, they came back and they beat Tulane, and look, I mean, if you go watch that game, Tulane, obviously, I, I think fairly obvious, was more talented in a way. And SMU just made plays down the stretch. They kind of hung around, hung around, and Sonny Dykes talked a lot about that. But as they assembled the number three recruiting class, which I don't think gets enough credit in this conference, I mean, you – and then they add these these transfers, which they don't know about yet, and the public doesn't either. But, I mean, this team is getting better. I, I don't think it's taking steps back. Um so, and I know it's a ranking of head coaches, but I mean, just the, I just think the body of work was kind of impressive for SMU, especially having a Michigan on the schedule. I mean, if they have a throwaway game and they go to a bowl last year, I mean, is, how, how different is the narrative on Sonny Dykes? So uh, I just thought that list was interesting. It's really just kind of funny to me how, how things can change so much in a year. Um, and uh, I think it'll be interesting to see them kind of prove things wrong because, look, I mean, it, I think the list is kind of a reflection on where CBS Sports potentially could think SMU finishes in the conference. But, I mean, I think this is a, a team that's going to be challenging for uh, its own division championship once again. I mean, they were in the thick of it last year. So they'll have Shane Bouchelle and they'll have a lot of returning pieces left. So, I mean, I, I just think this team is poised to really kind of do some good things uh, this year. So I just thought that ranking was interesting. I don't think it's a – a good enough embodiment of the the whole uh, body of work that that Sonny Dykes and his staff have really put into SMU so far. Now the other list is uh, Athlon Sports ranking the AAC quarterbacks, and I thought this one was more um, more on point. Um, look, I, I think heading into the season, the best quarterback in the conference is is Dear King at Houston. I just think, it, and now here's the thing: if they can develop him. 
as a passer more, and and not that he's not great, but like really develop him. The, that offense has a chance to be dangerous. I do know this. Um, don't expect Houston to run him very often. This is still an air raid Dana Holgerson offense. They're not going to run him that often. I've, I've got that on fairly decent authority that um, the whole zone read thing is just not something they like to do, um, especially Dana. Now, so how does that change how he can impact a football game? I think that's going to be interesting to see. Um, number two in the conference, Desmond Ritter, the, the Cincinnati quarterback, and then number three, Brady White at Memphis, and then comes SMU's Shane Bouchelle. Now, they rank these quarterbacks based on who they think will end up starting for the Mustangs. So um, here's what they said on 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 Shane uh, Bouchelle. With Sam Ellinger entrenched as a starter in Austin, Bouchelle left as a graduate transfer for an opportunity to start. With Ben Hicks moving on to Arkansas, SMU had an immediate need for experience and a starter for 2019. Bouchelle started all 12 games for Texas uh, in 2016, threw for almost 3,000 yards. The following year, Ellinger's rise limited Bouchelle to seven starts, but he still finished with over 1,400 yards. Um, Bouchelle played in only two games in 2018, completing 30 of 44 passes for 273 yards and two scores. Texas native will have one of the AAC's top receiving duos at his disposal this fall. And, uh, look, I I think – um, with that uh, ranking, I think it's pretty appropriate, right? Uh, right behind him is is Brandon Wimbush out of UCF and and USF, USF's Blake Barnett. And if you watched either one of them play, I mean, they're not they're not anything great. I mean, they're just really not. So I think that ranking's pretty on point. I would say he does have a chance to pass Brady White at Memphis, and uh, we'll see how Ritter develops uh, for Cincinnati. SMU fans saw kind of what he can bring to the table a little bit. Um, and, and look, I mean, you know, he's somebody that um, I think is a chance to potentially have like a, a all-conference um, type of season for SMU with what he has coming back. I mean, I really do. The offensive line can hold up and, um, and, and do all that. I mean, he's going to be in the really in the conversation as the top quarterback in the conference. So I thought that list was more on point by Athlon. Um, and so anyway, it's list season. We'll, we'll kind of be touching on those as we see interesting ones pop up here on the podcast. Now, flipping over now to basketball. Uh, look, guys, um, right now the, the SMU um, basketball team is full. Um, in my opinion, I think, and I don't know if you'll see this come out, but I'll try and do some digging to see if, It'll get confirmed. I don't think Bryce Cook ends up playing for SMU. So right now you're going to end up being at right at 13 scholarships um, with Bryce being like medical and, and ending up just, you know, kind of like what happened with Austin Corbett a couple years ago. If you followed football recruiting, he's linebacker. He had a, a some sort of condition when he got on campus and they ended up just um, he, he was medically disqualified. And but he still went to school and he served as a student assistant and things like that. So I think that's something that you could see happen with Bryce Cook. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I just get the feeling that he's not going to play. Um, so I'll, I'll do some digging, see if they've made a, an official decision on that. But right now, SMU, you can pretty much, I think, kind of consider them at 13 scholarships. Uh, so they don't need to run anybody off right now. It is a quiet period. So the coaching staff can't go out and recruit. They can only host players. Um, and then once that May 15th, uh, signing period ends, then it's a total dead period for the end of the month. And then things kind of get back um, going in the month of June. So, look, 
I don't think as of now there there's probably going to come any more additions. I, I just don't see it. Um, but you never know. I mean, you never know kind of who could pop up late in the transfer portal, um, who could do this, who could do that. Um, I, I just right now I just don't see it um, for them being you know, in it, in it for too many other people. And there really aren't too many other difference makers out there. I mean, look, there just really aren't. Um, but we'll keep track and, uh, I'll see what I can dig up as always. Now, uh, just wanted to, uh, send a quick congratulations out to Sterling Brown and the Milwaukee Bucks. They're headed to the Eastern conference finals. They beat up on Boston last night, uh, and semi a former SMU player to advance to the Eastern conference finals. So, uh, Sterling Brown, congratulations. Going on to the Eastern Conference Finals will be fun to track him as always. So with that, guys, going to wrap up the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Keep it locked on Pony Stampede. We're continuing to roll out recruiting updates on the football side of things and uh, kind of monitor anything that comes up on the basketball side. So with that, hope you guys have a great rest of the week and uh, a great weekend.